0: Welcome to We Are Unstoppable, sponsored by the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. I'm your host, Les Shapiro. And I'm your co-host, Vic Lombardi. Now, each episode, we'll bring inspiring interviews with great athletes, celebrities, and the most brilliant
1: minds in medicine on how to beat adversity to win in life. So thanks for spending time with us as we bring you one step closer to becoming your best unstoppable self.
0: Well, with all that's going on around us, we needed a doctor to talk about the coronavirus, so we went to Matt (laughs) Eisman. You might know him as a popular stand-up comedian, a regular on the Today Show, the host of NBC's American Ninja Warrior, and all of its offshoots. But you might not be aware, Matt Eisman, well, his first career was doctor. Hello, Dr. Eisman. And I am immediately going to issue a caveat that it's been a long time since I picked up a stethoscope. (laughs) So if you want real medical information, we'll have to loop my dad in. Uh, People might think we're we're kidding about this, but we're not. I mean, you spent uh, much of your youth, your your early 20s at the University of Colorado Hospital. You are a certified doctor. Yes. What are you doing to keep yourself safe throughout this virus thing?
2: Well, so it's a little complicated for me in that I'm also, I also have rheumatoid arthritis and it's an autoimmune disease and my medication is an immune system modifier. It turns down my immune system because it's attacking myself, but that does leave me a bit more vulnerable. So I'm technically kind of that the population of when you think of the elderly or those with an underlying condition or immune compromised, uh, the RA and my treatment kind of puts me in there. So, you know, like everyone, I think it, it was slow. It, it was slow even to grasp the, the severity of this. And, I, and, I, and for me, it was that March 9th through the 12th, you know, when the, the, the tip for me was when uh, March Madness was canceled. And, and that was, but, but I, I still had a couple events out there because we still weren't sure just how communicable it was. So since then, you know, just trying to do what everyone is doing and, and be socially isolated and, and just, you know, washing my hands fastidiously. And this really takes me back when you, when I was in training, you know, every time you see a patient, every time you leave, you wash your hand and your hands, you know, by the end of your a month of training, your hands are just red and raw. So it's and it's scary. It's scary, too, as they talk about people could be asymptomatic with this walking around. You don't know if someone could be communicating. You don't know if you might have it to be asymptomatic. So I think we're all it's it, it, the way I describe it is I feel like everybody's just waiting for another shoe to drop.
1: Matt, you know, when this really hit me, because it's funny, you, you, here you are, you, you're in the heart of Hollywood and Hollywood is shut down. The sports leagues are shut down. But this hit me when I knew it was serious. It's Tom Hanks when Tom Hanks yeah. and his wife in Australia came out and said, we've got the virus. Is that when other celebs and other Hollywood types took notice?
2: You know, the funny thing because I'm in reality TV, so I'm not uh, hanging out with the A-listers. I get my celebrity news like everyone else on Twitter. So Tom <laughs> Hanks was, was the first person. And I think, I, I, I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's at this point now, I'm sure everybody, you know, knows somebody who's really been impacted and Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, they're fine. A lot of people are fine, but you just don't know if you're going to be that person who isn't fine. And particularly for me, that's obviously a scary situation. So I think, you know, we're all, we're all kind of just walking around. And, and I, I think because we don't know when life is going to be normal, that's the hard part is, you know, we're, we're waiting till maybe June and, and, and just kind of waiting. And we're all starting to think, we're starting to picture now the fall, like is NFL, is the NFL going to, is Major League Baseball going to happen? Will sports ever return? And these big looming questions. And I, I appreciate the guys like you guys who largely live in the sports world. We're all so used to listening to – to our sports talk guys during the day, that's habit. And, and and I think right now we also crave that normalcy. So even though you guys are having to do, ah, oh, let's talk about the best Broncos uniform from the 70s, you know, to, to fill it, I, I think it's still one of those things that everybody needs a little escape and a little normalcy right
0: now. Well, if it weren't for the virus, we wouldn't have known that uh, Rita Wilson could rap. Oh, Right. <laughs> i know she really
2: the woman of many skills who knew tom hanks
0: was the was the weak link there hey let me ask you one more question about the virus your dad is a pulmonologist right yeah all right so he's he deals with respiratory problems all the time what's he been telling you about the virus anything that, that we might not have learned from the exhausting massive information we've been given so far i he's retired when you talk to the experts they're they're all saying
2: this is what we think but the data is changing every day and and so I, I think it's it's really been a challenge for them going off these numbers and, and trying to figure out what's going on. I mean, the, the scope of this to imagine every single person on the planet is vulnerable, is involved, and we're all trying to figure out just what this is in real time. And, and I, 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 the, the challenge of that and to get this information and to try to make these decisions – uh, really with you know, one hand over your eyes, it, it, it's, it's amazing just seeing how how much information is passing back and forth and how they're trying to process it. And, and seeing the reality, you know, you think about it, it's like picks in the NFL season when it starts out. And it's like, oh, the Patriots are going to, you know, the, the Broncos are going to get the AFC West. And then you, you look back and like, man, nobody was right. And I think when you see how hard it is to pick these things with known quantities to imagine what they're trying to do, with this disease and figure it out. It's It's an awesome number. And you, you need data. Data is oxygen when you do this. And so they're just accruing more. So the other interesting thing is seeing, I, I, this is the first time I can remember that the entirety of the world, all the economic power, all the brain power, the knowledge is focused on one problem. And seeing how these vaccines are coming out, how these antibody tests are coming out and potential treatments at, at just breakneck pace, that one thing... One thing you know in medicine and, and it 's being a bit highlighted here is you don 't just invent something and then start giving it to people. Uh, there, there are so many levels of testing that go on in terms of testing it in the lab, testing it in animals the testing it in a small subset of humans, then, then expanding it and, and that usually takes years and to see them really trying to expedite the process for this vaccine and some of the tests. You're, you're just seeing them really move mountains and to watch kind of the government working with private industry trying to figure out. It's, uh, it's amazing. But, you know, the world has has not stopped, but it is paused. And it is, it is, uh, it's crazy to think how much longer this could go on.
0: Well, Wouldn't this be around the time you're taping
2: American Ninja Warrior? Yeah, we were supposed to start on March 13th. So, you know, we were in, in part of it. It was in L.A., And we had a rehearsal night, and it was raining, so they're like, you know what, we'll just cancel this rehearsal night, but tomorrow night we're shooting. Later that day, they said, hey, uh, the park's going to be closed, so we're going to shoot without a crowd. And then the next day, it was just the dominoes fell. But but even then, it was like, well, two weeks later, we're supposed to be in Washington, D.C. We're still going to operate as though that might happen. And then two days later, they're like, this is all on hold. And, he, you know, here are some contingency plans, but until we feel that it's safe for people to be together again, obviously everything is on hold.
1: You're doing entertainment. I mean, you're doing sports on television, essentially. That is yeah. what American Ninja Warrior is. But you ever thought to yourself, man, what if I had stayed on that original route? I would be uh, probably in the front and, and lines. You'd be there, right? Exactly yeah. right. I mean, well, you go to sleep thinking, wow. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, you know, this is and this is where I, I feel like I'm, you know, I I you this the thing I said about medicine, the reason I left was medicine is a calling. And I think this is a perfect example of what that means is this isn't a job. Um, you are on the front lines, you know, and, and in this case, literally risking your life, potentially your family's lives to try to help others. And that's not a job. You're not doing that for a paycheck. That's because you feel this urge. And that was something that I struggled with. So for me, I have a, a family. For, we grew up. My dad went to medical school, and uh, one of his best friends, their kids, we grew up. They both ended up going to school with me at Columbia. One of them is uh, Dr. Jen Ashton. She's ABC's chief medical correspondent, and she's been going in seeing patients. And her brother uh, is a world-renowned hand surgeon, and he stepped in, went into the ER because he's like, "This is where I'm needed," and he contracted COVID. And so, he he looks to be okay, hasn't been on a ventilator, but you just see what these doctors are doing in terms of, of he's, he hasn't been in the ER for probably 15 years, but he knew I, I can be there, I can try to help, and he knew the risks, and he contracted and looks like he'll be okay, but there are a lot of first responders, a lot of these healthcare workers who won't be, and you know, with the shortages of masks, it's really, it is unimaginable as a Three months ago to think that these conditions would exist anywhere, but in America in particular.
0: All right, time for a quick break, and we'll be right back with Matt Eisman. We Are Unstoppable is sponsored by University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus, a world-class medical destination at the forefront of education, science, medicine, and health care right in the center of the Rocky Mountain region. All right, we're back with comedian Matt Eisman. Hey, how does a stand-up comedian survive all these months when he has no audience to play to?
2: Well, so that's one of the situations where I'm very fortunate in that uh, I, you know, I'm not required to be on the road earning my living. But my friends who are touring... Comics, yeah, just what you said. There, there, there are no gigs. So, and stand up. You know, you can try to be funny uh, in, in your home, but that's not stand up. That's that's a totally different beast. Yeah, the mirror doesn't
0: laugh back at
2: you. <laughs> that's it. And and so this this is a, you know as so many people are. Their jobs depend on being around other people and and having an audience. Um, And so I I think for, for standup comedians, there was just a big benefit. uh, All things comedy did on YouTube and it was about nine hours of some of the best comedians. And they were really trying to raise money for those comics who, who have, who were earning a decent living, but it's gone. It's gone and it's gone for, we don't know how long. And there's really, it's, it's a hard skill set to try to flip over into something else to try to get money. So it's, you know it's it's one of those things you don't imagine something like this as a possibility when you plan for things that could come your way, you know your car breaking down or something or to to have the ability to do your job simply taken away for an indefinite period is is brutal and and you know entertainment, like so many other businesses is is really being hit hard, and for a lot of people who live paycheck to paycheck. You know, that's the other scary thing is, hey, we're, we're just trying to stay alive. But then it becomes, how do we survive once this pandemic slows down? How do we get back to work?
1: I'm looking at your ample resume too, Matt, because you've been all over the place. And there's actually a job on your resume that I auditioned for, I applied for, and you got it. What? And it was the ever-popular, long-running sports soup. Oh, <laughs> But you know,
2: so that one, that was crazy, Vic, because that, that I think it was 2009, 2010, and it was spinning off from The Soup, which at that point Joel yep. McHale was hosting, which was a yep. monster. And they ended up doing, they did Sports Soup on Versus, which is now ABC Sports. They did The Dish, which was essentially fashion shoot, soup on Style. And then they did Web Soup with Chris Hardwick on G4. And all the shows went about uh, two years. The, the challenge was Sports Soup, was, uh, on the soup, you could make fun of, you know, flavor of love or Brett Michaels rock of love. And those people would come on the show cause they love the press. But anytime we used a clip, anything we had to run it by and, and versus at that point was owned by Comcast and they were eyeing a bigger sports movie. They're like, don't piss off any sports. So a lot of bits were, were killed. Um, but it was, yeah, I got to, you know, I got to interview Mike Tyson, and, and Shaq and Kobe, and, and meet some of these athletes. And, and it was cool getting to see them kind of in a, a, a different, because I think for them, they, they're usually very guarded in a media setting. And they knew that this show, look, we're, we're not looking, if you come in, we're looking to make you look good. And so I, I, a lot of them, I think, were kind of looking an eye towards building a career afterwards. So we got, we had some fun stuff.
0: Are you regretful that you didn't go into sports casting?
1: No, yeah, I, I think you uh, kidding me. Less did you just ask that guy? He's making about nine times what we
0: probably <laughs> ever made. Are you, are
1: you- he could be on Monday Night
0: Football right now, for all we know, making millions. Uh, well, I was just gonna say Al Michaels
2: because uh, I remember, you know, the the uh, Miracle on Ice call. But when I watch good sportscasters, you know, I remember like Dick Enberg um, was so good. Keith Jackson, uh, when, uh, Pat Summerall and Madden, when you just listen to them. It is amazing to me how 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 rarely they flub. It is it is such a precise thing, and I think if you haven't done, if you haven't called the sport, you know, since high school or college, to just know it, to know the rhythms. I think it's very hard to step into. So you know, I I, I think when I when I got in, I got more into the hosting and the game stuff, and. When I listen to those guys, I just think you're, you're watching Michelangelo there, some of these guys. I, I, I think it's, it's a very hard job uh, to do well and do unobtrusively, and, and the, the guys at the top are, are so good at it. And add, I, I, I'm one of those guys, a lot of people say they don't care who's announcing a game. I mean, obviously, I'm biased, but I love – you know. I, I, Brent Musburger was a guy, another guy who I just – anytime I hear him, it feels like a big game. You're looking live. Yes. So here's the cool thing. Our director on American Ninja Warrior, Patrick McManus, has done sports for decades. He does the SEC, does Thursday night NFL stuff, and he worked with Musburger a ton. And and so Musburger, he would say you're looking live because what they used to do back in the day was sometimes they would use um, B-roll package, uh, particularly like Green Bay you know, in a November game. And, and sometimes they would show sunny footage when the game was actually snowy. So he <laughs> wanted the betters to know what the game conditions were. So he would say, you're looking live. If it were an actual live shot, otherwise huh. just as a little, apparently he was given lots of hints to those, <laughs> those with the over under and, uh, uh, and, and Musburger just loved gambling. So I, I loved, and he actually came out to, uh, Vegas a couple years ago and I got to meet him and it was just, such a kick because my dad, when he was in New York, called into Musburger's radio show like back in 62. And, and Brent, you know, he's still still doing it
0: and still sharp. I, I, I'm going to take a hard right turn on you here, Matt. As you know, this podcast is called We Are Unstoppable. And I want to go back to something you were talking about earlier uh, in our conversation. And that's uh, the fact that you have rheumatoid arthritis. Um, you know, a, a lot of people would would be bedridden um, and not do as much as you do with rheumatoid arthritis because it can be extremely painful. So, how have you forged such a tremendous and a varied career dealing with the rheumatoid arthritis? Well, I, I uh, it's,
2: it's, it's t- It's, it's getting tougher. I think uh as I get older, all um, right, it took about 18 months to diagnose and my body was just ravaged. I was I became an old man. I'd gained like fifty pounds in 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 a year and a half. I I was stiff, I could barely move my neck, I was sleeping 10, 12 hours a day. I, I was I, I was an old man. Wow. And and I got on my treatment, uh, this immune system modifier, and it was it was a silver bullet. It really got me back, gave me my life back. But it never got me back quite to normal. My, my feet were kind of ravaged. So, you know, I can't, I was a basketball star at Cherry Creek. Uh, I fouled out usually in about two minutes, but, but I, you know, and I love playing basketball. I couldn't do that. Couldn't jog, couldn't do high impact stuff. And so I think, you know, I've, I've started swimming and doing yoga and I'm not, I'm not as active as I'd like to be, but I'm more active than I, I think I thought I could be when I first was told I had rheumatoid arthritis. So I think you know, it's it's just the the challenge. We the, the the you know motion is lotion is what they say in the arthritis community where you just you got to keep moving. Um, and I, you know, it, like on lockdown right now, there's nothing to do but work out. But you're also kind of stuck in your home. All the gyms are closed, and so the biggest problem is I put on a few pounds in quarantine, and I know I got to trim it down. It's tough. It it definitely takes its toll. But but I will say. Um, obviously, you know, I I can run my mouth still, which is good. And I'm, I've been lucky in that in the, the stuff that I do, I, I, uh, I don't have to be terribly physically active. You know, Ninja will film for 12 hours in a night, the standing and it does take its toll, but I I'm not breaking rocks here. So I have been lucky to find this career where, uh, you know, as long as I can kind of stand up and I, I get such a, I get such a, a, a rush out of performing, but whether it's doing stand-up or, you know, is hosting live rescue where we're doing that show live where we're following first responders or Ninja Warrior where we're calling these runs and it feels like a live sporting event that usually when I'm working, I don't feel it. I, I, I have such an energy. It's, 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 it's the travel. And I, I was traveling probably five days a week for the past seven months. I was going back to New York uh, every week um, cross country. And I think that was really starting to take its toll. So this, this has been another chance to kind of try to slow down. And, you know, it's a reminder of we all get caught up in our day-to-day lives. And I think this has been one of those, you know, it's not the way we would want it, but to find a silver lining in this, it's a chance to kind of reevaluate the priorities and to say, all right, you know, am I taking care of myself? Am I, am I uh, leading a sustainable life in the life, you know, with the pace that I want? And so, you know, as we come out of this, I don't know what, what the work situation will be, but I know I don't want to travel as much. It, yeah. it, it definitely takes its toll. And it's one of those things where I, I, I know, you know, you, you pay that price eventually. So I'm trying to, I think, take this to slow down and take better care of myself, which, you know, a lot of us probably know that, that we, we're, we haven't been taken as good a care of ourselves because you prioritize other things.
1: Well, you, you scream uh, unstoppable, but it's it's not just it's not just the rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, I think you, you meant
0: loudly. I, I'm uh, very loud. Yeah. No,
1: no, no, no. I mean, what we're uh. trying to get accomplished with this podcast, and the other thing that you share in common with less and me is you you were a cancer survivor. You had a yeah. uh, part of your kidney removed. So when when I bring up cancer, because when people say, "Hey, what you went through cancer, prostate for me, lung cancer for less." I love the word survivor and I love the word, you know, battling cancer, but I don't like the word cured. I'm, I'm always, I don't know why that is. I, I, I always say I'm battling cancer. I'm surviving it, but it always lingers there in the back of your, I mean, your mind. Does it do the same with you?
2: Yeah, it's, you know, it's the C word, right? I mean, I, I in medicine before I long before I, I, it was 2007 when I found out I had a uh, renal cell carcinoma, kidney cancer and, and, uh, Long before that, any anytime you brought up the word cancer, it felt like a death sentence. And I think there are a lot of people who still feel that way. And I, I do a fair amount of work with the American Cancer Society. And I think it's great that we can be out here telling our stories of, like you said, battling and surviving and giving people hope that that there's, you know, there's another side to this battle. Um, for me, it was a little different because I already had rheumatoid arthritis. So my, you know, your, your sense of... of uh invulnerability this idea that you know when you're in your 20s you feel like nothing can happen to me like that got cracked open with ra and then when i had cancer too you just that was a real reminder that nothing nothing is guaranteed and certainly not your health and and i think uh it is one of those things that once you once you lose that life life does become a little different where i think you know the way you approach things or view things you you realize hey let me let me not put things off because you don 't know if if tomorrow's guaranteed, and you know this pandemic is a reminder for everybody just how how fragile our health is and right now, anytime you get sick, you wonder what you know is this covid and and I think that 's kind of once you 've had cancer, there is a part of you that that anytime something's wrong in the back of your mind you 're wondering hey what what is this and it 's hard sometimes not to kind of let your mind run to the worst case scenario but I think that's one of the things when you talk about being unstoppable for me, I, it's that thing of, you know, courage, isn't the absence of fear. It's doing what you have to do while you're scared, scared out of your mind. And I think it, it, you know, that's, that's kind of how you become unstoppable is this idea of, you know, I'm not perfect. I, 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 a lot of times I complain, I'll feel lazy. I'll feel sorry for myself with my health and, or I'll do things where I don't take care of myself, but you know, tomorrow's always another day to try to be a little bit better and, And I think to just appreciate what you do have and the health that you have. And uh, both my parents are still around and, and it's, uh, you know, to appreciate that To This is, this is a reminder when, when I, when we're talking on Skype, you know, two or three times a week, but I can't see them. I can't go there and give them a hug. And you, you just start to wonder, man, what's, what would life be like if I couldn't, if I couldn't hug that person again? So I think, you know, it's this, I, I, I'm really big on trying to find silver linings in this, in, in any challenge, I think, is is to, you know, try to find something positive to focus on, even in the face of overwhelming negative. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I think that's what I've been trying to do with this pandemic. And some days, man, it's brutal. You know, I, I think this uncertainty, it, it's taken its toll on everybody. But there is also this sense of, you know, uh, this community that we're all in this together, even though we're we can't be together.
0: Well, here's a silver lining. You're starting a podcast. Tell us about it. Yes. God, you guys are good. So
2: yeah, we, we did a podcast game show. It's called Factorious. It's an escape. We did it back in October. So it'll be very fun and very lighthearted because we had no idea what was coming. But uh, I love game. I love games. I, I I love playing games. I've been doing 25 words or less uh, with Meredith Vieira and, and punchline and we get to do Ellen's game of games. It's on tomorrow night and I, I get so competitive. I have such a blast with that. So it's fun for me to host it and to play these, play this trivia game. We, we have three contestants. We put them through a series of questions in the end. One plays a bonus round. And uh, it, I, to me, it was one of the most fun things I've done. So I can't wait for people to hear it. Factorious is what it's called. Um, wherever you get your podcast, check it. You can subscribe now, which I would appreciate because, That's the only way that that, uh, people know if something's successful is by how many people subscribe. So I appreciate anyone who takes the time. I think, I think you'll like it. I I certainly had a blast doing it.
1: Well, Dr. I will be secure in knowing that this pandemic is uh, history when the next person that climbs on one of those obstacles for uh, the ninja warrior is not afraid to climb when another person did it before him. Or her, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> they're not cleansing <laughs> Got to wipe down the yeah, rope afterwards. Exactly. Uh. Yeah, or the
2: trapeze. Well, you know, and Vic, that's a good point where where we wonder, you know, what will normal be when you know Coors Field? Are we going to have forty seven thousand fans? When will we have that again? And, you know, like I was just I, I, I literally I was just I was uh, putting some Neatsfoot oil on my glove just and I was just thinking, man, I would love to play catch with somebody. But even if you're 60 feet apart, that ball looking like your fingers, like you, you can't you can't even play catch. And so I, I just I, I miss I miss watching sports. I miss feeling active. And I, I you know, I, I can't wait for things to have some semblance
0: of normalcy. Yep, you and the rest of the world, Matt. Yeah. Matt Eisman has been our guest. Matt, thank you so much. Last Vic, you guys are you guys are great. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to We Are Unstoppable, sponsored by the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus.
1: You want more Unstoppable Stories? Subscribe to our podcast wherever you find and listen to podcasts. You can even ask your smart speaker to play We Are Unstoppable Podcasts.
0: And you can visit us at our website, unstoppablepodcasts.com, for more episodes and ways to subscribe. That's unstoppablepodcasts.com. Subscribe today.